This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hi, and welcome to another version of... The Accidental Experience. I'm Mark Comer here with Jimmy Boy. Jimmy Boy, how are you doing this Sunday evening, or do I need to even ask? Right. That's how I'm doing at the All-Star break. Yeah, okay. Get that out Seven of the way. Seven and a half games. Who would have thought other than me and now, everybody? You understand there's a half a season left. <laughs> I know. Seven and a half games. This one, kids. Is wrap it up, throw it in. Oh, I love that ar- arrogance. I love it yeah. because throw that's it. your demise. When you start getting there, that's when <laughs> you get punished. Because when you're humble and you use your reverse psychology, it works. But when you do this, because... no, it doesn't. I've, I've, I've tried to play off both of them. Okay, I don't know now, what to do. You remember uh, before we were born when the Dodgers were up 13 games in the middle of August over the Giants? You remember that, right? Right. You know that now it's double that, right? <laughs> so, so no, it's 13 it was 13 and a half games in August. Right now it's 7 and a half, right? 27. No, but I'm oh, I'm right. the Giants are in a rebuilding year this year, and that's okay. Uh, uh, that's okay. Rebuilding. No, uh, it's We're going to have to have a serious conversation. I'm going to be up there um on the I don't know if you're going to be in town. If you are, we'll have a serious talk about uh, how how bad, like we've always discussed about how it's worth it to get one World Series win. Right, right. But this, I mean, I'm on a five-year run right now of just dominating baseball where it's just pure enjoyment every game. And we'll, we'll discuss what the values, the ups and downs. We'll get, we'll get into it. But I'm going to be there on, let me do some math, 23, or 22nd plus 7 is 29. So like the 26th or 27th is a Thursday night. Of, of July? For one night. Yeah, this yeah. month, July 26th or 27th. Let me know if you'll be there. Yeah. And if so, we'll sit down and have a little conversation. That sounds really, really good. That, that sounds good. Now, there's a lot actually to talk about. Baseball, the All-Star game, nobody really cares um, the Dodgers are playing well, obviously. Houston in the AL, Dodgers in the NL are kind of neck and neck. But but there's kind of some fun stuff to talk about. Um, you know, kind of what happened with the Jazz over the last seven days um, and continues to happen. Um, it, it's really interesting how this has played out. And there's a reason that you are on a very popular sports podcast. And it's because... You make very good points, and a lot of the times those points are actually correct. And in this case, very correct talking about the Utah Jazz. Now, we know that you don't like the Utah Jazz. That's that's great, but you still can see through your disdain for the Jazz to look at the facts. And the facts are the Jazz are never going to win a world champion, never going to win an NBA championship, ever. It's just, yeah. it's, it's never going to happen. And you, never. you've called it. Now, let's talk about this for a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts on, of course, now 
as everything came out with Hayward that maybe is planning this for months, kind of how it happened. And I don't know if you, you probably haven't followed it that closely. It's probably not huge news in the LA market, but he, when word leaked on July 4th that he was going to Boston, Hayward calls his agent, gets mad at his agent, and his agent comes out and says, no, we're, we, he hasn't made a decision yet. And mm-hmm. then shortly after that, Hayward posts a 2,000-word blog post on Derek Jeter's website, you know, uh, whatever that is. Um, it's kind of the player's website. Player's Union, yeah. Players Tribune. So, so what Hayward was saying was, no, I don't know yet. I'm, I, I'm not going to Boston. I'm not sure. Oh, and right, yeah, now I'm sure. And oh, yeah, here's this um, <laughs> epistle <laughs> that I wrote. Right. You know, that I, but that you didn't, you, you hadn't written that two or three hours earlier. Now, the last thing I'll say, and then I yeah, want to. I have an easier time, by the way, reading Isaiah than finishing <laughs> that. So, so you know, um, Sam Battistone and Dave Checkets and their kind of history with Utah Jazz. Battistone brought him, brought the Jazz to Utah. Miller partnered up with them after a while. Then Miller bought Battistone out. Then Checkets, Checkets has been in this area for a while. Then he went out and was running uh, Madison Square Garden, the New York Knicks, his general manager right. or whatever. He has a son who I don't care much for, who's on the radio here. He's kind of an arrogant guy. Really thinks he's great. He's a total Ute homer, which doesn't help. But he, he he got on TV a couple nights ago and was just blasting Hayward. And and actually, this Checkets kid guy, he's I mean he's a pretty smart guy, and he's he's been been around this for a long long time. But he said it's it's Hayward is a typical millennial, a stu a moron millennial, millennial because he had to. He got really mad that word got leaked because he wanted to blog it and put it out on social media first. And he wanted to be the guy and he was really upset that somehow it got leaked. And so he had his agent lie about the fact that it hadn't really, you know, that he hadn't made a decision yet. But I thought it was really interesting what he was saying and basically saying, Hayward's just like, just like all the other guys. There's no difference. And, um, what based on what you have been saying for a long time, that proves that Utah really never has a chance. Yeah, that's a long way to go into me being right every once in a while. And, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you have to get yourself out of the situation. We all fall into it because we all are sports fans, and that's short for fanatics, which everyone always says, which is actually lame. But we fall into loving our team and thinking our guys, the players. So, you know, Bellinger comes up for the Dodgers and it's like this is the greatest guy ever and the reality is he'll be okay. He'll be he'll hit a lot of home runs and he'll be a 250 hitter. But you just see and hope and think that everybody's the best because they're on your team. And you know, as I always say when someone's saying um who they whatever someone says this is who the MVP is or this is who the best team is, my follow-up question immediately is what's your favorite team? And if it's the same team as the the team they're trying to talk you into, then you, you throw the argument out immediately, which is why I believe I hold uh, a truthfulness, at least, in my who I think the greatest quarterback is when I say Elway. And I know D.C. loves that mm. because I loathed Elway and I loathe the team that he played for. And I feel like, you know, that's if I say Kenny Stabler, the argument's thrown out. Whether I'm right or not, the argument is thrown out. Anyways, 
The right. point with this is Utah jazz fans do not see that Utah is not the greatest place ever to live for many people. For some it is, especially if you're born there. The weather's great. It's really fine. As far as a, a city that has a uh, snow, it's probably the top city that has snow because it's the most mild temperature. But ultimately, the people are a little different, and if that's not where you're from, that's not your jam. Right, right. And and I just, I've always seen that, and I mean, I have more in common with the people in Utah than your average person, and it was not, since I wasn't from there, I still always wanted to get back home, where I actually have less in common with the actual people in the area. But it's just, it's just the comforts of home. And in this case, Hayward, the comfort for him was a, a coach that, you know, there's a picture I sent out about a month or, or a couple weeks earlier about where he's looking over him and or he's talking, I think, and uh, the Boston coach, what's his name? I just forgot it. Yeah, whatever. The former Butler yeah. coach. Looking over him. Like, I wish my dad would look at me the way that these two are looking at each other. Like, it was unbelievable, the love. And as soon as I saw the picture, I'm like, it's over. Like, yeah. there's no yeah. chance. Right. And But, you know, and then and, and Hayward went from team player, one of the best human beings ever, to brat, jerk, horrible human. And here's the thing. He was never the best human, and he was never a jerk. He's a basketball player right. that wanted to be with his coach, and that's it. And that's it. Well, and, and what's, <clears throat> I think what's interesting is I think as jazz fans look back now, some people have commented saying, I can't believe the Jazz fans and how they're reacting. Look, everyone reacts that way when they, they lose their players. Uh, you know, Cleveland uh, and and even Miami. And I, I get it. People, you know, I mean, Cleveland's owner wrote a letter, remember, and printed an open letter to LeBron who was really fired up and, and whatever. I, I get it. <clears throat> Some people say, yeah, well. No, and everybody does that. And, and, and it really, a part of it has to do with your fan base. Now, the Lakers were pissy when Howard left because the Lakers' idea is we're the Lakers. We've got, you know, 20 championships. You don't leave the Lakers. You're horrible. And the Jazz are, hey, we're the Jazz. We're up and coming. We, you know, many people think that the Jazz have the best front office. Of course, those people that are saying that are Jazz fans. I've never heard anyone else say that they've got the best front office. But when he left, you know, there was a lot of hurt and anger. Now, when CP3 left the Clips, <laughs> I guarantee no one burnt a, a thing because we've just been beaten for so many years. The right. Clipper side of me has just been beaten down as a fandom that we we're just like, oh, okay. We we knew something bad was going to happen sooner or later. Here it is. So it it is different from each fan base, but I think Utah's problem is they've always thought that they are something that they aren't. And I think a lot of that has to do with all the Ute fans that root for him, which is they, they had two good players. One of them, I think I've said this in the pod, one of them is a white dude. The other one is a white dude, but somehow was just black and was good at basketball. And he was a hick. And that was the only reason those two guys, Stockton was the most loyal person you'll ever meet. Right. And Malone was a guy that just got he immediately figured out that he loved Utah, which right. is fine. It's a right. great place. He he was actually a Southern basketball athlete that actually loved to hunt and fish. And, yeah. and, and most of the guys in the NBA are not Southern athletes. Most of them are city guys from the city, guys that went to call universities uh, um, and were looking forward to L.A. 
or New York or Miami or Chicago. And, and for Carl Malone, this was the absolute per, per, perfect fit because he was kind of a hick. And no, no offense, Utah. I, I love Utah. And I lived here for years and yeah. years. But, but he was, his mentality was more of a country, a country boy than a city boy. And that's why he thrived here. John Stockton grew up in, you know, Spokane. Uh, super loyal guy. Was grateful to the Jazz that they drafted him. And, and would have never gone anywhere else. Now, let me ask you this question. Should yeah. Hayward be grateful at all for anything that the Jazz did for him? Well, of course. And we've discussed before where all he – he just needs to say thank you. But And he kind of did it a little bit. And what I read was, you know, this is the one coach that's always been there for me, and which is hilarious. It's like – coach you know he's been there for me and he didn't push me one way or another yes he did yeah he, right you stop it don't we're not dumb right but he should he definitely should be grateful and he should say good things because he was a good player coming out but the jazz really honed his skills and he was able to go to where i still think is the best home home court advantage in the nba i, I don't care about boston or the history of the lakers and the form and all these great the jazz is the loudest best home field home court advantage that I've been to. Right. I've been to every right. court on the West. Now, but one thing that's interesting with these city guys when we were talking about, and when you were talking, I was thinking about is you don't see this in football. You don't see this in baseball uh-huh. as much uh-huh. because the guys that are good are, are Hicks, uh-huh. you know, whether they're black, white. So at the end of the day, it just confirmed what you've been saying about Utah, that if they can't sign uh, this uh, this Midwestern white white guy, and keep him here. Um, they have no chance of getting the superstars of the NBA to stay in, in to come or to stay in Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's it's a bad week. It was a bad day, and don't get me going on having it on July Fourth. And as much as I dislike the Jazz, I have most of my friends love the Jazz, <laughs> and. What, what a horrible thing to do on a day that should just be like the best day. At least for me, July 4th is always the best. We're at the right. beach, we're enjoying life. It's just perfect day always. And to make that a day where people are just destroyed was just, it was piss poor management on his side. And, you know, what are you going to do? But it just proves that if you can't keep him, you're never going to keep anyone. Uh, it's going to be futility for 20 years. Well, and, and what happens is it brings out all the anger with the Jazz fans, and they start blaming everyone but Gordon. Because Gordon wouldn't, oh, Gordo wouldn't do that to us, would he? He's not that mean. He loves us. He wants to be with us. So I tweeted something out um, July 4th before he made the announcement because I knew this was going to happen. And partially, partially because, and as you and I both have Utah Ute friends, fans that are friends, very few, um, but... They, the the Utah fans, uh, the Jazz fans have become a high, there's a much higher concentration of Ute fans than BYU fans, I believe, that follow the Jazz. Would you agree with that, DC? Yeah, but uh, I, I'm a big Jazz Yeah, yeah. And DC is a BYU guy and a Jazz guy. There's, there's a lot of them. And a lot of the big sponsors of the Jazz are actually BYU guys. Because, you know, that's where the money is, I guess. Hey, I don't know. Huh. But. Well, I would say that most people that attend the games are Ute fans, but I think as far as who loves it, it's 50-50. I still, most of BYU That's fans true. love the Jazz. That's probably true. And so, 
So what happens is, you know, when BYU's uh, young ambassadors go to dance at halftime at the Jazz game, they get booed. Whenever a, a, a former BYU player is there, they show them on the screen, they get booed. So there's, I agree, there's a more a higher percentage of Ute Jazz fans at those games. So I knew this was going to happen, that everyone was going to blame Danny Ainge because Gordon leaves. So I just tweeted something that said, you think Ute fans hated Ainge during his BYU playing days? Just think if he steals Hayward from the Jazz, their heads may explode. And that's exactly what's happened in this market. Their heads, and BYU fans, I'm saying, they're upset as well. But for, for the Ute fan, this is just like another reason to hate BYU, right? Because Danny <laughs> I, Ainge, I, I guess so. Danny Ainge is a guy that did it in, in their mind. And so anyway, there's been some very interesting tweets and the fact that, um, from what I understand, Ainge hasn't been very agreeable to do a sign and trade, which would help the Jazz. Uh, a lot of the local media is saying, man, Hayward owes it to the Jazz to try to do a sign and trade. And the Boston media is saying, well, they don't know, they don't know, he doesn't owe Utah anything. So it's just been very interesting. And there's some little, uh, you know, so some more I hate Danny Ainge tweets coming out. And I kind of called one out, uh, called somebody out last night a little bit, not called them out, but just, just said, hey, you know, this, uh, you know, you're hating on Danny Ainge because, you know, he took Hayward, but of course, he had to come back with he's hated Danny Ainge since probably 1978. Who knows? But it's interesting, the response to the fans. And like you said, just to sum it up, it's a bad day for Utah Jazz fans. Even though Hayward is not a premier, in my opinion, a premier, like you said, you know, LeBron or Curry or Durant or Westbrook or... Right. He plays a position where, the, where everybody... Is the best players are now that position mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm. so it's just like Paul George, Butler. I mean, just it just the list goes on and on and on. And I always thought of him more as a Rudy Gay type of guy. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember any big. I, I remember Rudy Gay hitting big game winners. And I remember Hayward hitting a few game winners. But other than Game Seven against the Clips, I didn't ever see him being like, "Oh crap, Hayward." He had, he had his good game was game seven, which is clutch. You got to give, got to yeah, tip your hat. Right. But the other games, I don't remember. I mean, Joe Johnson, fifty-two-year-old Joe Johnson was the, yeah. was the guy that that won two of those games for the for the Jazz. Joe so, Johnson, y'all, Z Dog loves him. Man, yeah, this is Joe's team, man. I, I don't know what Z Dog said about the Hayward um, signing. I, I would imagine he's pretty upset. Yeah, I think he's. He's Team Hayward. Like he, he wasn't as bad. as I was waiting for it to happen. I mean, he, he goes on a he goes on a just a nasty verbal tweaking of guys. If you know Z Dog or uh, Gobert came in second, and he just raped um, the officiating or not the 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 voting and stuff. It just. Oh, yeah. Nasty tweets, and I was all excited to see what he was going to have to say about Hayward. But nothing, huh? He's like, yeah, he's, he's a good dude. Here's here's <laughs> a funny tweet, just to kind of wrap up the Hayward deal. Uh, a writer, I think it was, said, so Gordon Hayward was conflicted in wrestling with the decision, yet he managed to own a 2,100-word column on it. Legendary deadline writer. <laughs> yeah. so, no, it's, so uh, it's like, okay, I've got these three hats, and I'm going to... My wife's here. I'm going to put on either the Celtics, the Heat, or the Jazz hat. 
I'm not sure which one it is. Okay, I put on the Celtics. Okay, now I'm going to sit down and write this uh, novel and get it on uh, WordPress, get it out there really quick. But uh, anyway, okay, let's let's kind of talk one more topic before we hit the emails and and get on with our uh, with our week. You know, All Star Game coming up. You know, went went to it last year. If you remember, was there with my boys in San Diego, and it was enjoyable. It's fun. It's fun to see all the great baseball players out there, but. You know, whatever. I mean, most all-star games are a little bit... Uh, it just the hype is great, and they try to hype them up. But but whether I really watch it or not, I don't I don't really care. Or do you feel the same way, or are you really into the all-star no, game? No, I've always been... A, it's, it's always right at my birthday, so it's always been like a big time for me. I've always loved all-star games. Uh-huh. And I, but, you know, I remember the, the Pete Rose running into Ray Fossey. I remember... The third baseman used to wear white shoes for the Giants with a man on third and one out, and we were down one, and he grounded to third base, and they threw the guy out at home, and we lost, and how angry I was. Who's that third baseman you guys used to have? We were, um, how many years ago? Know. Before it's Matt Williams? The 80s, but I just remember I just remember everything was everything back then, yeah. and that's everything yeah. to me. And they tried, and now it's... Yes, they did. You know, and it's just the money's so big. You're right, though, Jim. Dude, think about it. When we were kids, the All-Star Game was a big deal. You're right. Because, number one, we didn't have ESPN yet. We had Monday Night Baseball. So we got the chance to see players that we did not see hardly ever. Yeah, no interleague. Mm -hmm. No interleague. That's right. That's right. Pete Rose running down catchers for the winning run and stuff. So, So, okay, so we have that going on this week. That's That's fun, you know. Um, we'll be talking football here within the next couple of weeks and, and picking up with, with the Raiders and what's going on there. But something interesting, you know, as, as I talked about last week, I went down, coached my 14-year-old clutch baseball team in the, it's called the Team USA Junior Olympics Team National Championships, I think they call it. So all these teams come in and these are all from the West. There are 71 teams, a lot of them from California, a uh, number of them from Arizona and then Nevada, you had Mississippi, Alabama, some Texas, um, Washington, New Mexico, and Utah. There's two teams from Utah, us and a baseball academy team. So we played uh, very hot. Or we played a doubleheader on Saturday. We played at the Padres Quadrant on Saturday. Now, it was kind of cool real quick. The The first game was Saturday morning at 7 a.m. And we and so, you know, the Padres and the Mariners share that, the the spring training facility, and so they play on the big field, the, the major league field. Then the Padres will have four fields to the left, and the Mariners have four fields to the right. That's where they do all their spring training stuff. So the field we are supposed to play on Saturday morning had issues. So we actually got to play on the Padres and Mariners major league spring training field in the in the stadium. And so it was really cool for the boys. We played Pacific Baseball Academy, a very good academy out of Southern California. Um we're on the major league field. These are 14-year-old kids. One of their kids uh, that was about 5'9", 165, hit a home run over the 350 mark in left center field. Nice. Uh, this is a major league park, and these are 14-year-old kids. Another kid got up and smoked a triple that bounced twice and hit the fence 400 feet in center field. These are 14-year-old kids. So they beat us 10 to nothing. We played a, a couple other Southern California teams that – that very good games. We made a lot. Of, we made more errors than we probably should have, and ended up losing. But then 
We turned around, beat a couple of uh, Southern. We played all Southern California teams, actually, and then an Albuquerque team. But Saturday, game during the game, it was 113 degrees uh, was the temperature. <clears throat> that night, and actually it wasn't Saturday night. It was uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Chase, you know, my son, he played his high school team, Seth Corey, played with him and got drafted in the third round by the Giants. He's a pitcher. He throws 96, 97 miles an hour. So we went to the rookie league game. And how they do it, you know this, but just for those that don't, the guys that got signed out of college or high school or they were in the Dominican Summer League and they're basically getting called up to the rookie league, they go to Arizona, they report in early June uh, or about the middle of June, and every day, more or less, they go to the park, uh, their, their complex at 2 in the afternoon, work out, do some field work, whatever, and then they play games about five out of seven of the nights of the week, they play games at seven o'clock. So we went to Scottsdale to watch the Giants play and Seth was set through an inning that night. So it was cool. There's about 25, 30 kids there or fans. There's about 40 kids on the rosters and, and all they're doing is playing baseball and getting instruction every single day. And these are former college and high school players. Now, Gonzo, Luis Gonzalez, Hit, who you know a big uh, all-star for the Diamondbacks his his son was drafted out of high school uh, he was a senior this year and um he his first 18 at bats he's a big third baseman six foot four big kid he was 16 for 18 <laughs> in his first Jeez. 18 at bats That's insane. yeah it was insane so so we stayed at uh, the where we the Spring Hill suites that we stayed at the Dodgers draft choices were all there so we talked to the Dodgers, some of their kids, and one kid out of Penn State, one kid out of Notre Dame, uh, one kid out of high school in Texas, all pitchers. You go down the list, they're all 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, the size of these kids is just amazing. But it's really, it's really interesting. And here's, here's what was most interesting is the second night we went out to uh, – remember when we were at Goodyear uh, Field? Mm-hmm. Remember the game that we were watching and the pitcher that pitched? Do you remember that? Yeah. And yeah. do, you, do you remember whose who's, who's yard it hit, that home run? Was, was it, wasn't it your grandma's? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. We, we were at the same stadium watching oh. the Giants play the Indians because the Indians and the Reds share that facility. Remember, it was the Giants and the Indians, and you yeah. and I in D.C. were out in the uh, right field uh, section recording a pod. Remember that? Yeah, that was a fun time, and just the home run that uh, your boy gave up was that was that was tape measure dude, shot. It I was a moonshot. It was, dude. Could it have been Behringer? It was two years ago, wasn't it? No, it was. Uh, it was some other. It was. It wasn't the Dodger. It was a former Dodger. Oh yeah, that's right. And, it was a yeah, and he Dodger. just roped it. But a uh, quick, quick note: since you're talking younger kids, so I'm watching the MLB Future Games which, of course, has a lot of Dodgers and nobody on the Giants mm, in it. That's what are you going to do? Anyways, every guy that comes up, now they're every inning they're bringing in a new guy. I'm kind of fast-forwarding a little through it, just kind of seeing what's up. Every guy's first pitch is 97, and his third pitch is 100, and his fourth pitch is 101. Uh-huh. Every single guy. I do not remember that being a thing. I remember in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s, that if you hit 100, like Nolan Ryan, you were considered unhittable. And, I mean, every, and by the way, every guy that's pitching that I'm watching, he's probably a buck 42 dripping wet. Is, is this is this anything to do with Lincecum's dad? Is this 
the way it is now. Well, here's what's interesting. It's, that's a very interesting point. And by the way, I have to clear something up. On the U.S. team futures roster, you're right, there are no Dodgers because you have to speak Spanish as your first language to get drafted by the Dodgers, generally speaking. Okay. There right. is a Great giant. Race. I'm thank- thankful for that racist comment. No. I answer the mm-hmm. intent, perfect question for you, Mr. Baseball Boy. Okay. Now, so I'm just looking at the, uh, okay, yeah, there's a lot of Dodgers on the, uh, on the world roster. So Seth was there, and I brought Easton you know, uh, Easton and Chase, and then also another kid on our baseball team. And Seth was talking. He said, man, I'll tell you what. Something I wasn't, I wish I would have been coached better at, or I would have learned younger. Throwing strikes is more important than velocity. He goes, there's 15 guys in the Giants organization right now, and probably 15 guys in every organization that throws over 100 miles an hour. He said, there's three guys on the Giants rookie roster right now. None of them have pitched, though. They all throw over 100 miles an hour, but they just can't. They don't know where the ball's going, so, so they're not throwing strikes. But these kids are throwing harder and harder. We were watching Seth. He hit 97. There's a kid. There are kids throwing 97, 98 in the rookie game. This is the rookie league. These kids are throwing 97, 98, 99, almost every single one of them. Right, but I, it feels like you know how Tiger was the first to figure out the perfect swing or mm-hmm. how to use every part, uh-huh. every tendon in your body, and it seemed like for 20 years it was just the same, and then all of a sudden, boom! And it seems like everyone in baseball is the same, and then Lincecum figured out how to use every tendon in your body, and maybe a little bit with Pedro Martinez, and now every guy throws three bills. Yeah. Like it's just, um, it's insane. Ryan Roberts, our baseball expert, told me, and I may have brought this up a couple of times, but he, something like this. 20 years ago, there were like 34 guys throughout all of baseball that threw over 100. And now there's like 140. I mean, it was some ridiculous difference. And what you're saying is, is exactly right. It's, it's a combination of things. Like I said, I went down the roster Okay, I went down the the Giants Arizona rookie league roster as we were there, just kind of watching some of the, uh, <clears throat> you know, just some of the different players that were playing, and I recognized some of them. And the guy, the Helio Ramos, the guy that they drafted um, at number one overall, mm-hmm. and just kind of taking a look. But <clears throat> pitchers, this is the Giants rookie league roster. Okay, so this is these are kids that are eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. So these are their pitchers right now. 6'1", 220, 6'1", 170, 6'7", There's a 5'11", 155, and then 6'2", 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", 6'7", 6'2", 6'4", 6'3", 6'5", 6'2", 6'1", 6'6". These guys are all huge. Yeah. And so they're bigger, they're more physical, and obviously that means, right, that they're going to... But here's the thing that's crazy. So you, you look at, if you watch football in the 60s, and then you watch football in the 70s, you can see a difference in the body types. If you watch football in the yes. 70s and the 80s, 80s, 90s, every year it gets... But baseball is the same. Right. Like you could get, I mean, you could it's make arguments bigger. if Ted Williams could could play in the 80s, and and he was the guy in the 40s. And now you can't, you know, these guys in the 80s and 90s, they couldn't even play now. These guys are, and they're not even ripped and huge, but they're just perfectly toned 
under their diet is perfect. They're not smoking cigarettes and drinking Jack right. Daniels between right. innings. Right. And it's just, I've never seen anything for baseball. This is, this is new to me. I mean, I, we definitely saw the explosion of body types in the 2000s, but never just these bodies now that are just perfectly, I mean, just perfect. Well, you know? but how many kids out of high school were, you know, six foot three, 200 pounds, you know, right. eight, 18 year yeah. old kids. And, and that Jacob Gonzalez, that's basically what he is. And well, I mean, look at, look at uh, Judge. I mean, the guy's a moose. I don't know how, like, buffed out he is, but he's just a moose body. Like Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. This, these guys, they didn't have these kind of guys playing baseball in the 80s. And the guys were buffed out, but they weren't these kind of guys. Like Bonds, even when, his, when he was juicing at will, he was allegedly. Big, but he wasn't, he wasn't, yeah, allegedly. He wasn't, <laughs> that's the worst allegedly ever, but. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I'm wondering, and it'll be interesting if we fast forward 50 years from now, if this concussion thing really takes hold in football, if these guys that were going to be playing tight end are now going to go play baseball, uh, which they actually did way back in the old days, right? And well, baseball players are going to be that way, or if it's just human nature. But what's also interesting is talking to a, a scout down in Arizona, and he was talking about how the players used to go home and get a couple jobs in the winter and work, and they weren't working out. Now you have guys, I mean, they're year-round. That Stanton, yeah. you know, he's making, they're making so much money. Obviously, they're, they're year-round. They're, they're in the gym. And people know how to work out better. There's better supplements. There's better workouts. There's better, all, all these different things are, are just better. So, well, that's, that's interesting, and, and I think that you will see. Now, of course, in contrast or, or in addition to what Seth said, you know, accuracy over um, velocity but the reason he got drafted is because he throws 97 miles an hour and and so you still have to you still have to be but his point was you got to learn how to throw strikes guys if you learn how to throw strikes you know that's really that's most important so so yeah it's a different thing i remember you know playing in college and our coach told us to run and everyone started laughing at him. We thought he was joking. He's like, no, we, we got to get in shape. We're like, we're baseball players. We don't believe in cardio. What is wrong with you? Like arguing with the coach. And now, you know, they figured out that, I don't know, cardio might be cool to have. It might be. It might be a plus. All right, well, let's get into the uh, let's get into the little email bag. All right, it'll be quick. And uh, there you go. First one, congrats to Lonzo Ball for his play on Saturday. Messed around and got a triple-double. Sincerely, Ice Cube, a classic. All right, um, this one. Lonzo Ball is totally overrated in the biggest draft bust since Ryan Leaf. Wait, I just saw his second game. He's the next Magic Johnson. He's a triple-double machine. Sincerely, Summer League guy. Are you getting a lot of Summer League guys that like think that that matters out there in Utah? Yeah, oh yeah, of course some Summer League matters. I, w- I really enjoyed his horrible first game, though, by the way, as you know I would. <laughs> well, what was horrible about it is he just was missing his, his shots. His passes were still on point, mm-hmm. and then in game two, he went and threw up a nice little tasty triple-double. He's legit, people. Don't worry. He's going to be great. His shot is always a little funky, but he... He's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Settle I hope down. not. Okay. Settle down. Okay. And then the last one, 
uh, is, and people wondered why I left Utah. Sincerely, LeBron's little B-word. So, <laughs> Did you see that video? Did I send that to you? Uh, no. Uh, so some guys are <laughs> lighting a fire. And you saw yes, I did. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. This little, so little B word. It was a very G-rated rant. Yes, it was and a very G-rated uh, rant. Yeah. Yeah, there's the obnoxious, annoying thinking that they're better than they are side of jazz fans, and then there's the uh, precious little Mormon side of jazz fans, <laughs> and both of them make me laugh hysterically. So there you go. Now just a simple little bag. You are heading off to... Uh, a place where I almost died. It was quite exciting. I almost got thrown off a temple in Chichen Itza by a big, huge German woman. That, really? Uh, on, really? Like she me. really tried to? What? She, like seriously? Yeah. So uh, German people, and I learned this because I, I didn't travel outside of Mexico or Jamaica as a kid or Hawaii. Those are basically my three jams as a, when I was a younger boy. And so... Uh, for part of our honeymoon, we went to Chichen Itza out of Cancun, and we're at the very top of these temples. And these things are steep. They did not do any of the government. Uh, these would not pass government inspection now. When you get there, you'll notice. Right. Okay. I know I know you love the government. For so sure, especially fat. the Mexican government. Yeah, and so we're just sitting there, and two fat German ladies just pushed Dina and me kind of like, get out of the way, I want to see and we both almost fell down oh my gosh. You know, 700 feet down these things. I'm like, really? There's no manners? And then I figured out that uh, they don't believe in manners or tops to their um, swimsuits. Swim That's suits. two things Germans don't believe in. Okay, so. we'll see if that rule still applies then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the glad that she didn't... The, uh... Germans, the Germans that we saw... Um, I would have wanted them to put more clothing on. It definitely yeah. was not a plus. That's usually how it yeah. is. That's usually how it is. Well, well, let's uh, we'll continue keeping uh, tabs, like you said, on um, the summer league. Very, very important because about one percent of those guys will actually ever see an NBA court, right? Yeah, but, they went over like who had won MVP the last ten years, and one guy was like kind of good. Everybody really? else is just wow. So, but I well, still enjoy it. It's fun to watch, right? And uh, you know, I'm Team Lonzo, but. Football's around the corner. It looks like there's not much baseball talk anymore for you. You're going to have to just uh, take that tent and pack it up. Well, we're going to, uh, yeah, I guess so. But, but uh, So this next week, we'll try to get one done from uh, from the Mayan Riviera, as they call it. And, uh, you know, there should be a few, few things to talk about. But uh, you have yourself a good week. Appreciate uh, DC putting this together. And uh, Zotes, Zotes.com, always sponsoring it. And, of course, Jimmy Boy's uh, great input, as always. And, um, you know, look for, us, uh, look for us in another hot topic. Hopefully we'll have some more Lonzo Ball um, material. I guess he totally dissed Jay-Z today. And so I'm sure there'll be a lot of backlash from that. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, those guys, they're just, they're just silly. You know, they're just, they do silly things. So that's the kids these days. That is the kids these days. But so anyway, thanks everyone for tuning in. And, and uh, if you like what you hear, share. If you want to comment, nocalvsocal at gmail.com and uh, tell us what you think, whether you like us or not. We don't care. But uh, until, until then, with everyone else, we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Doyers.